Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to The Elephant in the Room. I'm your host, Sam DeMarco, and as usual, joined by my trusty executive director, John Schneider, Robin to my Batman, and we have over here our producer, Dazzling Daryl Grandy. Daryl, how are you doing today? Doing great, Sam. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing great here. John, how about you? Fabulous. Folks, Thanks, this is going to be a great show today, and thank you for joining us here on The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. We're joined in studio today by a special guest here, and that would be Bob Howard. Bob is a uh, former business executive and lives in the North Hills. But Bob, I want to congratulate you. But very, well, first, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Sam. I'm glad to be here. And we're glad to have you. Now, for our listeners, <clears throat> Bob ran for didn't run on the ballot, but won over 10,097 votes, write-in votes, in this past May's primary election and will appear on the ballot for the Republicans here in November. Now, I don't know if you know this. You certainly don't. That's why we're having the show. But Bob is probably the most qualified candidate to run for county controller, at least since easily since the year 2000. So, Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, Sam. Uh, first of all, I would I wanted to make uh, say that I'm honored that over 10,000 Allegheny County voters took the time to write my name in. Uh, as you know, write-ins are not always that easy. Uh, it was a result, I think, of uh, good uh, communications, a lot of grassroots people. And so I'm honored to have uh, to be on the ballot and represent uh, uh, Republicans and represent all of Allegheny County voters. Uh, you know, I did this because the election shouldn't be over on May 16th. Mm -hmm. The voters should really have a choice. And so as a result of what happened here, voters on November 7th now have a choice for county controller. Well, Bob, you said you were honored, and I know I feel the same way. It's always humbling mm -hmm. when you receive the votes from so many of your citizens, fellow citizens, who trust in you to represent them, you know, in government. <clears throat> but we're honored to have you because, you know, you, you know, when we look at candidates, again, you're what our party has represented, you know, you're a solid conservative, but you're a business professional, right? And and in the, the, over a decade that you and I have known each other and worked together, you know, you're always about trying to find solutions to the problems and, and and moving things forward. And I think that you would be a great fit, you know, for the role of county controller here in Allegheny County. And uh, that's why we're honored and excited to have you. Thank you. We're agreeing to do this. Oh, you're welcome, and I'm, I'm certainly glad to uh, do it. Uh, and, you know, as far as my background, uh, it is one where I've always searched for solutions. Mm -hmm. You know, I, was, uh, I took ROTC. I was a U.S. Army officer. And as you uh, know, when that background forces you to look for solutions. Right. Especially if you're in field artillery. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, I was uh, with a Pittsburgh-based global company, a uh, manufacturing company that's still based here, mm -hmm. successful company for 34 years. And during that time, I had uh, extensive experience in the controllership function uh, at various uh, facilities in the United States. I had the opportunity to move outside the United States for three years, uh, live in a different culture, I was uh, the European treasurer, so that gave me an opportunity to work with a lot of different We had 18 companies in Europe that I worked with. That's an experience that 
teaches you not only uh, so much the financial aspects, but it's about dealing effectively with people. And I think as a controller, uh, you have the responsibility to also uh, audit the numbers, but even more important, it is the, the, uh, the effectiveness of government. How is government serving the people of Allegheny County? And that's where you get into performance audits. And you look at uh, what our county government does compared to like county governments and how effective are we? No, absolutely. And you, you mentioned, you know, uh, when you were in Europe there, uh, you had 18 different companies. It's sort of similar to the county where you have all these different departments, right? Yeah. And you're looking to uh, oversee and manage those to make sure that you're protecting the taxpayers, uh, that they're delivering the services that they're required to, you know, at the most cost-effective price possible to ensure that, you know, uh, that, that our good-paying, tax-paying citizens aren't spending money on something that they're not receiving. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I want you want to protect the taxpayers, but also, you want to look out for the people who are receiving those services because that's uh, the whole reason for, uh, the, you know, people who believe the government should be taking care of people. You want to be in taking care of properly, and that's also part of the performance that you want to look for whenever you are doing performance audits. And see, that that's one of the things I think a lot of folks don't really understand. You know, the um, controller's office here does a number of, of audits they typically do on an annual basis. You know, some of them mm -hmm. will be checking the airport authority to make sure that the stores out at the airport are charging prices commensurate with what you could get on the street and things of that nature. And then they do others. They recently conducted an audit of Visit Pittsburgh. And they took and uh, came back and they had some uh they had some findings that they believed merited, you know, further discussion and attention. And uh, that was the result. There's been a bit here in the county of a bit of a um, contentious relationship between Senator Wayne Fontana, mm -hmm. who currently sits on the Sports and Exhibition Authority board and visit Pittsburgh's board. And, you know, um, full disclosure here, you know, I previously served on the board of Visit Pittsburgh, just uh, rotating off here last March. But, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in that, you know, we need to be transparent, we need to be open. And I believe that all of the county's boards and authorities should be audited, you know, on a regular basis so that we can report back to the public how their money and their, their funds are being used. Yep. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's one of the things that's most important. And I think I am positioned where I will be an independent watchdog. Uh, I, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't have a political career in mind, not from a political family. Uh, I'm uh, not part of the establishment. I will be able to uh, audit and be able to say what needs to be said and be very transparent about it. Well, I'm confident that, that you're able to do that. And that's one of the reasons why I have faith in you and why over 10,000 of your, our fellow citizens here do, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, now this isn't the first time you've run for county controller. Mm -hmm. You ran again back in 2011. Right. Right. And as part of a, a slate to give uh, the folks in Allegheny County, as you said, a choice mm -hmm. in November. So as, as you said, and I couldn't agree more, that here elections shouldn't be won in May. Mm -hmm. You know, the people should have a choice in November. And particularly when so many, so few people turn out for the primary election. I mean, this year we just had 
the turnout, overall turnout was like 30%. Yeah. And the Democrat nominee for county executive, Sarah Inamorato, who won their race with a plurality, mm-hmm. okay, <clears throat> only received about 7% of the vote of the registered voters countywide. Now, that shouldn't be a de facto, you know, a, a election here, you know, for four years, and neither should it be for Corey O'Connor, who was the nominee for county controller on the Democrat side. And for our listeners who don't know, you know, Corey is the son of former Pittsburgh Mayor Bob O'Connor and was a city council member until appointed to the position of county controller last June, in June of 2022, by Governor Tom Wolf. So he's only been doing this about six months. And, uh, you know, to my knowledge, I don't believe he has an accounting background. Yeah, and I, I don't uh, know the answer to that. Uh, but uh, uh, I agree that we need to make sure that we have uh, someone in that position who is not only competent uh, to do the job, but also has the ability to be independent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I certainly am not uh, part of uh, the political operation, uh, certainly not tied in with family, and I'm not looking for a political career. So I'm going to be able to say, Regardless of party, I'm not going to ask for people's party identification. That's not the criteria. The criteria is, are, is it performing well for the people of Allegheny County, and is it cost-effective for the taxpayers? And you're right. I did run in 2011. Uh, I'm uh, proud of the fact that I was endorsed by both the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Tribune Review uh, because both of them recognized that I was well-qualified given my financial uh, background, my experience working in a large corporation, uh, working with multiple departments, uh, working with people, they realized that that would be a real great attribute for the people of Allegheny County. So at that particular time, I was endorsed by both newspapers, and of course I was running against someone who had a family name, Mm -hmm. was well known in Pittsburgh, uh, so I was not successful, but I was glad that uh, the people who interviewed us both, recognized that there was a reason that, that people should vote for Bob Howard. Well, Bob, listen, a lot of famous candidates, or I shouldn't say candidates, but famous folks who have been elected to public office weren't successful their first time out. Right. You know, and I'm very optimistic that the, uh, the, the second time is a charm here, and hopefully we'll be able to win the Post-Gazette and the Tribune Review endorsement as well this year because you're certainly, you're certainly qualified. And I think one of the other things attributes that you have is you're running for this out of a sense of public service and that you're not, this isn't an aspiration to maneuver for the next political office mm-hmm. or office that you want to run for. I mean, you're doing this to serve the community because this is a place you've chosen to make your home, mm-hmm. you know, and you pay, you're its taxpayer here as well. You want to make sure that everybody's treated fairly and gets what they're supposed to receive in the, in regards to county services. Yep. And uh, that's why I tell people I'll be an independent watchdog, not a political lapdog, because I'm positioned to be able to be independent. And uh, I don't, there's no one I owe favors to. I'm not looking to uh, advance my political career. And I'm looking to do what is necessary to be transparent and have the people of Allegheny County understand what their government's doing on their behalf Mm -hmm. and how much it's costing them. And I'm not going to be afraid of upsetting anyone who has uh, any p- political power 
because I'm not using this to further my political career. Okay. Now, Bob, we've also talked, you talked about some of the things you wanted to do when we talked about transparency, is you wanted to be able to give the public access and insight into the entities that we do business with as a county. So you want to make sure that any contracts and things of that nature are all available online mm-hmm. for the public to view to ensure that they know how their taxpaying dollars are being spent and with whom it's being spent, correct? Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, fair to have it all published online, but I think I'm committed to even do more than that, where if I see that there's something that I don't think is appropriate or even it's something that's questionable, there's a time to basically hold a news conference. There's a time to basically call it out and say something about it. Uh, and naturally, I'm going to be fair. But at the same time, the public doesn't have time to go in and read contract after contract mm-hmm. and figure it out on their own. They depend upon good, honest, transparent people in government to highlight it for them and to make sure they know something is not on the up and up or it's not the best or most efficient way of doing it. There's sometimes a good reason to compare what we do in Allegheny County with maybe five or six like counties and, and then be able to tell the public uh, there's an option here that we haven't been exploring mm-hmm. because the public will then be much more informed by a controller who does that than one who just publishes reports and puts them online. I know I could go through my neighborhood and ask how many people have read what is online about the county, and I'll bet you I can't find anyone on my street who's even looked at the county budget and knows that the operating budget's about a billion dollars. Right. So I, as a controller and as an elected official, I think it's part of my responsibility is to go above and beyond just publishing reports. No, you're, you're absolutely right, and uh, you know, I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> and you're willing, to, again— you know, your willingness, you know, as you campaigned on to be able to push back on the county executive or any other county row officer department mm-hmm. who's misusing or misspending, you know, county taxpayer dollars. I think that that's very important. Yeah. And I think it's uh, pushed back, but it has to be fair because a lot of these things are, are complex. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, a lot of our officials are under mandates from Harrisburg. They might even be under mandates from the federal standpoint. So uh, the, the, I would try to also help the public understand some of the complexities that are involved here because that way the public can make good decisions about who they elect and who they want uh, in office serving them. No, you're absolutely, absolutely spot on with that. Now, when we look at this, you know, you mentioned here, and this is what's important for people to know, because you talked about the budget, and you mentioned you said the budget being around a billion dollars, but that's the operating budget, right? You know, when you look at the total budget for Allegheny County, it's like three point oh one five billion dollars, mm-hmm. and a lot of that money comes from the federal government or comes from the state or grants and from foundations, you know, and and that money is intended for certain purposes, okay? And there's strings attached to so much of the funds that we get in mm-hmm. outside of our own tax revenue. And so many people don't realize that. But, you know, the, there are folks out there, you know, your opponents and others, who talk about how they're going to spend this money, and it doesn't seem that they have an understanding of what you can and can't spend because right. you, you can't. It's, it's, this isn't a slush fund, right? you know, and, and or a pot that, of money where they can just reach in and do what they want. Yeah, and it's very important that that money that's coming through 
is intended for many times uh, the health and welfare of the people in Allegheny County and uh, how Allegheny County uh, distributes it, how effective we are, uh, makes a difference in how the well the people are served. And that's one of the things that we have to, I think, as a public uh, uh, servant in Allegheny County, you've got to keep that in mind, mm-hmm. and you've got to make sure that uh, even though the operating budget might be a billion, like you said, there's actually three over $3 billion coming through. That needs to be done uh, at, in accordance to the, re- the regulations, but also you're going to be picking, the contractors are going to be picked to do those services. Right. Many times those are institutions that are very important to our county. And uh, those institutions, uh, a lot of times I find it sort of worries me that some political officials try to politicize some of these companies. And if I find out that type of thing's going on, I think the public have a right to know. Absolutely. You know, and, and we appreciate your, your willingness to be able to, sh- to shed the light on that and be able to expose that type of behavior to the public. You know, talking about the budget, for folks who are listening to this and now all of a sudden are interested in the budget, let's save you the time of having to look some things up and just share some numbers with you. Mm-hmm. The operating budget is $1,019,900,000. The capital budget is $84.4 million. The grants budget is $1,767,000,005. And the special accounts budget is $143.4 million. What we raise in taxes, the money we raise from the real estate tax, the drink tax, the other taxes here in Allegheny County, are only $761.5 million. So that's leaving. We get two million six hundred and forty-five. excuse me, $2 billion. million coming in from the federal and state government. That money is all designated to be spent, you know, in a specific way and specific purposes, like for Medicaid or for human services or these other areas. It's not, you know, something that somebody can just dip into and all of a sudden decide, I'm just going to go and invest in these communities. That money doesn't exist. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's very important for uh, people to understand and for a controller to make sure that it's being done in accordance with the stipulations, the regulations, and also to make sure that uh, the agencies, the uh, nonprofits, or the for-profit institutions that are providing some of these services, uh, that it's being done uh, efficiently on behalf of the people that are receiving the services. Mm-hmm. No, spot on, spot on. <clears throat> so uh, as we start to look toward November here, if someone wanted to help you in your campaign or your race, what, what's the best avenue? How should they go about doing so? Well, I would think the, the best way to do it is let your friends and neighbors know that there's a, there's a, a race for the controller um, of Allegheny County. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many people that are listening to this, they have uh, grassroots connections. Uh, tell people about uh, that there is an opportunity, there's a choice. There's an, a choice to have an independent watchdog uh, instead of a political lapdog, and, and that's probably a phrase they can, they're free to tell people about. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain to people why it's important, and uh, as uh, happened with the write-ins, over 10,000, that was primarily a grassroots effort. Mm-hmm. 
And when you tell your friends and neighbors, the people that uh, you uh, have email with, let them know that there's an opportunity here in Allegheny County. I think that's the best thing to do. Well, I, I can tell you as the chairman of the party here in Allegheny County, I'm very excited because I think this is our best ticket we've had, you know, in a few decades, okay? Uh, starting with the top, you know, with Joe Rocky, you know, former chief risk officer from the largest financial services, one of the largest financial services companies in the country, you know, PNC here, okay? Uh, somebody uniquely qualified to fill that role, having managed thousands of people and billions of dollars in budget before. Uh, someone who this job isn't too big for. You know, conversely, running against an opponent who um, I think sole private sector experience, uh, from what I was told, mm -hmm. you know, had worked in a coffee shop. And, and that's great. I mean, I've worked as a waiter. You know, I was working through my way through college. <clears throat> but I don't know that that limited experience qualifies you to run a 7,000-employee, $3 billion bureaucracy, you know? And then when you look at yourself, your county controller, we look at Herb Bollinger, who also received over 10,000 write-in votes for treasurer, you know? And, uh, you know, one of the other very interesting parts of this race is going to be that another write-in winner on the Republican ticket was uh, District Attorney Stephen Zappala, you know, who's been serving this region for almost 25 years, is a district attorney. And if he, uh, you know, opts in and runs here on the ticket using this as a vehicle to, you know, uh, we're able to juxtapose our ticket, mm -hmm. you know, as a competent, competence, you know, uh, law and order, you know, um, regular folks, you know, uh, ticket versus an extremist, yep. which is really what we see, you know, on the other end. You know, Syrian and Murado, despite being the nominee of the Democratic Party, 63% of the Democrats that did show up mm -hmm. chose to vote for somebody else, okay? Uh, you know, and you had this, this was similar. And, you know, you had her running as a team with Bethany Hallam, you know, a colleague on county council. And, you know, folks, I, I don't know that I... So you have to say anything about Bethany, you can Google her to find out whatever you want to find out. And, you know, and Matt Dugan, you know, chief public defender who's been working to just keep criminals out of jail, mm -hmm. now wants to be the district attorney here. They pretty much ran as a team, right. you know, and they were supported by special interests, you know, in the SEIU, mm -hmm. the union that's currently running the city. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the folks behind Mayor Ganey and make up a large port of his large part of his administration. Yeah. And folks, if you're happy with what's happening in the city of Pittsburgh, with the crime, with the homelessness situation, with just the litter and everything that's on those streets, well, you get more of that from the, for the, from the county if you elected those folks. So, Bob, it's very important, you know, that you stepped up to run, and I can't thank you enough on behalf of all of us here at RCAC and our listeners who, you know, care about this region or are concerned about the future of it for their children and grandchildren, you know? Yeah, and I, and I think as an Allegheny County resident, uh, I have children living in Allegheny County, I have grandchildren living in Allegheny County. Uh, you know, if you want Allegheny County to be the place your children and grandchildren can call home, you need to really think about this election. Uh, and I'm excited that we have a guy like Joe Rocky 
who has stepped up, who is a qualified executive, who not only knows how to manage thousands of people, mm-hmm. but he also has the contacts all over the country from the work that he did with executives that he can talk to them about Pittsburgh and Allegheny County and why they should relocate here. He can adequately talk to them because he knows them, because he has worked for an institution that it potentially provided them funding and, and talk to them about their businesses. He can talk about the energy we have here. He can talk about the water resources. Meanwhile, his opponent is going to be doing what? No, has no idea how business really runs. In fact, she hates business from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is look at her tweets and <clears throat> she will discourage investment. That's quite a contrast. And for someone who wants to uh, have Allegheny County be the place we can call home, we need to really seriously consider, and I think Joe Rocky is an excellent candidate for us on November 7th. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, Joe, we hit a home run when we spoke with Joe and mm-hmm. managed to pique his interest and his desire to continue to serve the community. I mean, he's involved in so many other philanthropic and charitable endeavors. But to step forward and say, hey, I, I want to serve Allegheny County. This is where his children yep. and grandchildren live. And... uh you know, to make it better, and you know, hopefully over these next few months, we'll get a chance to let more of the people in Allegheny County get to know Joe, get to know what he stands for, and feel more comfortable with him before they're called on to make their choices in next November's election. Now, folks, we're going to have to go take a break here. Uh, you're listening to The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. Um, I'm Sam DeMarco, host of Elephant in the Room, and we're here in studio with Bob Howard, candidate for controller on the Republican ticket this November, on November 7th. Now, Bob, in the last segment, we were talking a lot about your qualifications, why you were running for controller. Then we started talking about the ticket, so to speak. We, we were talking about Joe Rocky. <clears throat> you talked about his qualifications as a business executive and things that he might do. And I think it's important when people go to the polls also to consider, I mean, we just heard the news recently in the last month or so that, you know, Allegheny County lost 50,000 jobs. And we saw that we had a population decline of over 12,000. I mean, that's more than any other county, you know, in the country. So, you know, uh, I think it's important that people, you know, take this decision with the utmost seriousness or consideration on whom they're going to vote for. And, you know, I, Hardly endorse Joe because, as you shared earlier, I think he's the guy that can go into these meetings with these business owners or executives and executive to executive, you know, uh, sell them on the benefit of coming to Allegheny County. And it's very disturbing whenever you realize that Allegheny County is losing population, uh, losing jobs. It's not the right trajectory that we want to be on. So that should be very concerning to everyone who lives here. And it should be concerning, especially if you want this to be the place your children and grandchildren can call home. Uh, And I'm excited that someone like Joe has stepped up because he understands why people bring jobs to uh, to any area in Allegheny County. He's been in the room with decision makers who are trying to decide where to put their next million or billion dollars of investment. And he knows a lot of the rationale for deciding where to put those investments. Uh, he, has, he knows the rationale for those companies when it comes to their customers. 
Uh, I think Pittsburgh has a lot of uh, Pittsburgh and Allegheny County has a lot going for it. And he understands how to use those assets that we have to entice people to move here. Mm -hmm. And it's very concerning when I look at his opponent. Uh, and uh, I don't see where there's any understanding of what it takes to bring jobs. In fact, I'm concerned that it's more of disparaging those people who would invest in jobs in our area. And certainly whenever um, his opponent comes out against uh, fracking and energy development, it certainly is not going to entice people to move to Allegheny County. No, absolutely not. And that's, that is a significant concern, you know, in, in addition to not just the ability to be able to have conversations with folks and be credible, you know, but she's also talked about a number of things in all the surveys that have been done in Allegheny County and talking about polls and things of that nature, past election, the voters have identified crime as being a significant issue. And she chooses to take and uh, doesn't want to reopen Schumann Center. And we have a serious problem with violent crime in the city of Pittsburgh, including, you know, uh, juveniles. Mm -hmm. And right now, there's nowhere to send them. Back in April, Bob, there was a gentleman, uh, Craig Campbell, police chief, call your township, and the new president of the Allegheny County Chiefs of Police Association, sent a letter to the county executive and to members of county council, and then attended a county council meeting to read the letter, where he stressed the need for a juvenile detention facility as soon as possible. <clears throat> you know, and most folks, I mean, if you pay attention to the news, you, know, you hear about the crime, and then they go on to the next story, and you, know, you forget about it, but... You need to understand some of the examples he brought up. An 18-year-old was still on juvenile electronic monitoring, meaning they had a bracelet on them, but removed his device and shot six people outside of church. An 18-year-old, while still wearing his juvenile electronic monitoring device, murdered someone in downtown Pittsburgh. A 14-year-old who led police on a dangerous pursuit in a stolen car was arrested with two stolen handguns and released due to no facility to house him. He was arrested with an assault rifle and assaulted the arresting officers. He was finally housed in a facility in Westmoreland County. Fourteen years old. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, now, these are the people that Rocky's opponent refers to as children. Mm -hmm. Okay, A 16-year-old who was already on electronic monitoring and was suspected of providing stolen cars used in numerous shootings was arrested in a stolen car with an assault rifle and 150 stamp bags of heroin. He was released to his mother against her wishes, only to be arrested again with stolen firearms. A 16-year-old was charged with robbery with a firearm and pistol-whipping the victim, who already had outstanding warrants, was released due to no suitable facility to house him. You know, a juvenile was arrested with a stolen pistol, wearing bandages from injuries he sustained in an earlier shooting, was released to a guardian due to a lack of a suitable facility to house him. There are countless other examples that could be cited. Mm -hmm. And Bob, I don't know if you recall, about a month ago, a 52-year-old man was beaten almost to death on Smithville Street downtown by a couple juveniles. Mm -hmm. They were released and they were back out on the street while this gentleman was still on the operating table. Okay? So there's no doubt or should be no dispute in anyone's mind that the need for a facility 
to take in and, and house or hold these juveniles who are committing these violent crimes is desperately needed. Yet we have <clears throat> folks like the Democrat nominee for county executive and for district attorney who are against the reopening of Schumann Center and talking about diversion programs. Yeah. How does a diversion program work with yeah. these types of people? Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And I think when the public finds out that some of the things you just talked about, they are going to really be very concerned, and I don't blame them. You know, I want my, I don't live in the city. I live in the suburbs, uh, and I want uh, I, one of the reasons I'm there is because I want it to be safe for my family and I, and uh, that is threatened when we have these kind of people who are trying to um, get elected by preying on, and, and to, to me, they're exploiting these people. You don't help a juvenile by allowing them to uh, be free to continue that where the, the to continue in the direction when you're going they talk about restorative ju or justice it's there's nothing restorative about not having Schumann Center right and and I don't understand <clears throat> what they don't understand about the human condition or humanity there's nothing restorative about turning people back to the problem they just exhibited and turn them back onto the streets. And that's, that's not restorative justice. There's no justice involved. You know, they might say it's mercy. Well, uh, at some point, if, you, if there's too much mercy, it means there's no justice. And there's no justice for the person who's the perpetrator. You never hear these folks that are out there preaching that their form of reform as alluding to the victims, mm -hmm. the victims of these violent crimes, and how do they move forward and who's taking care of them? Who's helping them? You know, and that's why I'm a big proponent and supporter of the Center for Victims. Mm -hmm. You know, over on the South Side here, because these are people. You know, and it, Bob, it may have just been a burglary at your home, but there are people that feel traumatized mm -hmm. by the invasion of what they viewed as their personal and secure space. Okay, mm -hmm. but there were so many victims of violent crime. As I was just going through a list here, uh, there are people, unfortunately despite the left's desire for this utopia, you know, or, uh, you know, wonderful place here to, that need to be detained, mm -hmm. you know? And one of the problems that you have here is illustrated by that. And with no detention facility to actually send these kids, they're returned immediately right back onto the street while emotions, right. you know, are still high. Yep. Okay. And so we're not protecting the public. And we're really not doing a, a, a justice to this young juvenile mm -hmm. because we're not doing what's necessary to have them remediated, uh, restored, and many of them given the right uh, discipline uh, and the right type of uh, corrective action, they may turn out to be a great person, but they're not gonna turn out to be a great person if we continue to look at them as somebody we can exploit for political purposes mm -hmm as some of these politicians are willing to do. Well, see, that's one of the things I think, hopefully the fact that we have candidates on the ballot, so the real election will take place in November, and will give us the opportunity to present these facts and figures to the public to allow them to make informed choices. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you just talked about it, right? Uh, the left tries to present things in an all or nothing. It's an all or nothing proposition, when it's not, mm -hmm. right? And the current district attorney I know 
has created a number of diversionary programs, you know, with veterans court, mental health court, uh, drug court, things of that nature. And to try to help folks who can be mm-hmm. rehabilitated or right. do deserve a second chance. But like, for example, you had the uh, guy that killed uh, police chief, Justin McIntyre. Mm-hmm. He'd been arrested like 26 times. I mean, at, at, at what point do we d- you know, determine that this, this you know, 26 times, maybe on the 25th, they would decide to hold him or he would have been mm-hmm. in jail. He wouldn't have been free yep. to commit that crime. I mean, these are the things, it's, it's not an all or nothing proposition. And it's fine to try to come up with new ideas or new ways to do things. But you can't throw all the things that we know that works the way Mm-hmm. To try to take and just try something new with no um, no proof of concept of it having worked anywhere else. Right. You know, because I know this. You know, I don't know what diversionary program is the most effective, but I know if you've committed a violent crime and you're sitting in jail, you're not out there on the street committing another. That's right. Okay? And, you're, and that's really one of the things we have to do to protect the public. I think that's the responsibility of elected officials uh, you know, the reforms are fine, but not at the expense of destroying the uh, ability for the public to be safe. And I think when if that's what you, uh, that's really the top priority, the priority has to be the public has to feel safe in their homes and in our community, and that needs to be the priority. So yeah. any type of reform needs to uh, be done in such a way that the public is still safe. Now, I, I think all of us want to reform and we want to restore people who, are, who want to be uh, restored. We will go out of our way to do it, but the public has to be uh, made safe and kept safe. Uh, absolutely. I mean, government has no higher calling or no greater responsibility than protecting the safety of their citizens. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something where you know, the left is currently falling down on. And, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately for us, that presents us an opportunity. Yep. Now, something else that she's weighed in on, <clears throat> she claims she wants to turn the health department loose on what she calls polluters. Now, most folks call those folks manufacturers, okay? People that provide good-paying, family-sustaining union jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't hesitate to close down and hasten the uh, the U.S. Steel's leaving of this region, and right now that supports over three thousand, you know, direct jobs, mm-hmm. and ten to twelve thousand others that support that. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going <clears> to <throat> make that job loss up? Where are you yeah. going to send those people where they can make that type of wages? And these folks always talk about green jobs. Where are these green jobs at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the thing that is always amazing to me is they're going to shut down these operations here in Allegheny County or the United States, but they're not willing to give up the products that are made. Right. They're now going to have polluters. If they're worried about global warming or what climate change, which they pretend to do, Yes. why are they now, they still want the same products, they still want their computers, they still want energy, they still want their automobiles. They still want their nice houses. Some of them are in gated communities. They're not gonna, they don't want any of that taken away. They're going to have China do it all or India do it all, and they're polluting far worse, 
and some of the than what is happening here in Allegheny County. Yeah, in, from 2016 uh, to now, we've reduced the carbon emissions in the United States by over 19%. Mm-hmm. And that was done by the transition and the move to natural gas away from coal-fired power plants. But these folks want to shut down our natural gas production and these natural gas-powered plants only to have this stuff made in China or India where it's made by coal. And last time I checked, there's not a wall between the U.S. and China or between Pennsylvania and Ohio, okay? Yeah. And, not, <laughs> and not only uh, that, is it's a security uh, issue for the United States. Mm-hmm. When we have uh, important pharmaceuticals that are not being made in China or elsewhere instead of Allegheny County, that's a concern. Well, we saw that 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 became evident during the pandemic mm-hmm. when we was discovered that over, like over 85% of all our antibiotics are manufactured in China. You know, the PPE. I don't know how many folks remember what it was like when the pandemic first hit, the shutdowns there, they were telling people to use masks and things like that, and folks couldn't get them because they weren't available. You know, uh, many of our more conservative folks who are on the war path against Dr. Fauci will remember he lied to the public and told you at first, no, they don't, don't buy them, mm-hmm. they don't do any good because he was trying to conserve stock, he said, you know, for the healthcare providers. Um, and then trying to get supplies after that, you know, being in county government, I remember the struggle we had because many of our folks, like in human services, in the jails, still had to serve the public. Mm-hmm. So it didn't have the option of walking away. So we were trying to get masks and gloves, gowns, things of that nature. And I remember what a free-for-all that was at that point in time. And, you know, folks trying to buy everywhere seemed like everything was coming from China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's why a lot of what they advocate, I think when voters think about it, they hear us talking about it. And if they get good information, they're certainly going to question the type of the votes that maybe they've cast in the past. Mm-hmm. They're going to look at the opportunity to do something different as they hear people talk about things that just don't make sense. It makes no sense to shut down Allegheny County and buy those products from a major polluter uh, somewhere else. And, and that doesn't even include all of the fossil fuel or whatever you're going to have to use if, to ship it here. Uh, and have it packaged so that it can be sent here. And, and again, how does that make sense? Yet that's what they're advocating. Well, not, none of it makes sense. I mean, you look at you know, the, the push for electric, electric vehicles. Now, we know that right now they can't keep the electric grid running mm-hmm. in places like California. You know, in Texas, they had some problems during winter storms. You know, the fact is this push for renewables, it's not sustainable. And even though you create these plants, you're using valuable land, and you're taking and using rare earth minerals that have to be mined, and they're all mined outside the United States, you know, without these environmental controls. And, okay, and, and without not only environmental controls, but without controls over the use of forced labor or youth that are being exploited. And yet they uh, get in those nice automobiles, and they think that uh, they're virtuous. Oh. Well, the, when people understand what it costs to do that, then they realize that there's some complexities here, 
and that uh, the solutions are more rational use of our resources that we have here in Allegheny County. Yes. And Allegheny County has some of the, I mean, there's no reason people shouldn't locate in Allegheny County except for one thing, and that's government interference. I mean, there's water here, there's energy here, and there's good institutions here that are training people. Why wouldn't you invest here? And I think that's a question that our uh, a candidate for county executive, he, he has a lot of insight into that, whereas his opponent is just screaming all kinds of uh, slogans that when the public looks at it, will, will, I think they will realize doesn't make sense. That's not what we want for our future. No, it, it can't be. You know, and you look at things like we talk about wind and the amount of land that it takes up, mm -hmm. but then you're not able to recycle those. So those huge towers, those blades, you know, those bird-killing blades, okay, right. which are killing so many of our e endangered species like eagles, things of that nature, they have to be buried, mm -hmm. you know, in landfills, okay? Uh, I mean, just it's, it's just amazing, to your point earlier, you know, the people that are for this agenda don't really understand how many products and things they use on a daily basis mm -hmm. are actually made you know, with things like fossil fuels. Yeah. But yet they're also against nuclear power, mm -hmm. you know, which emits zero carbon emissions, which is a reliable source of energy. So, yeah, it's just, you know, you, you throw your hands up in the air trying to figure out, you know, what it takes to get through to these people. And I think uh, a lot of it is we're just wired differently. You know, some of us, I know myself, okay, I was uh, made my career in sales. So as a sales executive, having to go out and present proposals to business executives and business owners, I needed to make sure my I's were dotted and my T's were crossed. You know, because if they ask a question I wasn't able to give a satisfactory answer to, deal was dead, it didn't move forward. Mm -hmm. So we're very much consumed with making sure that we have all our facts, that we've checked them, that we're good to go the whole bit. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the left, they tend to run on emotion, mm -hmm. you know, they. Facts be damned. Yeah, you know, and, they don't care. And I think they fail to uh, be honest and transparent and tell poor people, minorities, all of us, how much this is going to cost. And uh, that is one of the things that I think we can and we should point out to people that uh, there's a lot of things that may sound great, but you, but they're not telling the whole story. No. The whole story is that it's not. Uh, feasible in many cases. It's not sustainable. Uh, a lot of uh, the uh, green energy needs backup because it's not always available. There needs to be transparency. Tell people the truth. And that's all I, as a candidate, and I think our candidates, we want to be truth tellers. The public needs to be uh, understand, and we need to be transparent, and we need to say all these dreams have another side to them. And we need to take that into consideration. And it gets back to, we will be much better off having good, competent people elected because they will help us understand. They'll get us to where we need to be. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really why I'm excited about the ticket we have is we have competent people who've dealt with many dif difficult situations and have dealt with people trying to make good decisions, make investments, create jobs, look at alternatives and be transparent. Because when I was in business and I go to a banker and I want 
them to invest in my business, I gotta be pretty transparent. I gotta have upsides, downsides, etc. And I think the voters deserve those kinds of people and hopefully they will recognize that in this election and they will elect people who are competent and are gonna be transparent and gonna tell them the truth. We need to have the truth about crime and the consequences of both uh, our communities and the people that are, uh, that are committing the crimes. We need to have the truth about energy. We need to have the truth about the cost. And those are the kinds of things I think we need to talk about and we, the voters need to demand people who are willing to be honest and tell them what the, what the situation is instead of what they want to hear. Right. And, and I mean, that's how you, that, that's what leaders do. Right. You know, leaders don't, you know, hold their finger up to the polls to see where the people are. They take and lead and take the people where they need to go. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, when we talk about the ticket, you know, that, I mean, we have that, that's all the way down the ballot too. I mean, I would like to think myself having 30 plus years in business, you know, where I was in, you know, uh, outsourcing business process optimization, you know, where I helped companies and organizations streamline mm-hmm. their business processes and things like that. You'll have a lot to add here. You have Suzanne Filiaggi, who's running for county council in District 2. You know, formerly, she's an attorney, formerly worked in the district attorney's office, but also worked, uh, you know, as an a, a administrator helping, you know, with uh, some of the juvenile cases. But she's a biz- small business owner. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have Mike Imbrescia, who's candidate in District 5. Mike is like the chief development officer for Carnegie Robotics. Okay, here's a guy front and center on the leading edge manufacturing here, the high tech manufacturing that we hope we'll get more of here yep. in Allegheny County. You have Sean McGrath, who's an IT mm-hmm. uh, individual. You have uh, Eileen Cunningham, who's running in District 14. You know, so across the entire breadth mm-hmm. of it- our candidates, I mean, we're trying to put up professionals people that you would be proud to have represent you mm-hmm. and people that have a pragmatic attitude and understand that, look, we work with the facts as we find them. And I think even in the school board races, uh, you know, at least in the district I'm in, we look for professionals who have the experience to be able to ask questions. They, they're board members. They're school board members. There's a reason they're called board members. They're not assistant mm-hmm. administrators. Right. And they're not parents who are upset because of the way their kid was treated in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And so we look for, for professionals that have backgrounds that know what a board member, the difference between a board member and an assistant administrator. And I'm, uh, I'm glad that in many of our school board races, we, ha- we are featuring those types of candidates. And I think that's important for the public to understand. Bob, it is. And, you know, uh, I end up saying this to all my guests because we have some fascinating conversations here, but time goes by too Mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, we're almost out of time here, but hey, John, you know, I would want, I think we need to reach out to some of our school board candidates from some of these different entities and have those folks on the show to talk about what they believe is important, what the issues are in their school district and why they're running as well. You know, uh, folks, uh, again, uh, just as our parents used to say, time flies. It really does. Uh, We're going to have to sign off until next week. I'm Sam DeMarco signing off from the Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. Until next week.